one parrot looking like he wants to take a peck out of T-Bob. Well, we all. Yeah. <laughs> just takes off in a Thunderhawk leaving Scott and T-Bob behind. Yeah. I was like, should they be taking them to the camp too for safety? That or uh, no instruct, you know, they didn't even instruct him like, yeah, no, stay like, there. T-Bob wants to get back to the temple before they get into any trouble. Well, that just never happens, does it? <laughs> Mask Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename 6000, 80s guru skills critical, Wyatt Bloom, broadcast technician, DJ, critic, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename Phoenix, 80s analysis vital. Personnel approved. Assemble mobile armored strike command. Episode 75 of Masscast is here, featuring another episode review of the Mobile Armored Strike Command animated series from 1985. Coming up, we will examine episode 59, The Scarlet Empress, which will include our play-by-play commentary mixed in with audio clips from the actual episode, thanks to me, when we reach the dramatic halfway point and the conclusion of the episode we will pause to give our impressions and our verdict using our one to five scale mask o meter. Then we will turn it over to you, the listener, and announce the results of our online poll. Also read back your reviews posted at agentsofmask.com. If you want to contribute, pretty easy. Just uh, head on over to our website, agentsofmask.com, and look for the mask cast assignment in the right-hand column there. Click on the picture, and that usually takes you right to the review post and the embedded video and the poll for you to uh, take part in and leave your comments. The Scarlet Empress was originally broadcast on December 19th, 1985 in the United States and involves Venom stealing a lost statue in Venezuela. It's up to Mask to recover the statue before Venom can cash in. I'm Jason, one of your hosts of MassCast, and with me, as always and forever, is my longtime friend and fellow co-host, the Super Sphere to my Liquid Man. Wyatt, how's your basketball skills? Terrible. <laughs> uh, again, you keep digging them, and I have no idea what this is in reference to. Super Sphere and Liquid Man were the alter egos of the Super Globetrotters. Do you remember the Globetrotters cartoon? I remember of it. That's as far <laughs> as I remember. I don't think I've ever watched that cartoon. I have faint memories of it. There's actually a really faint memory I have of going to Hershey Park when I was little. And it was just me and mom and dad. We were uh, staying at a hotel room. We stayed overnight and then to go to the park the next day. And I remember waking up Globetrotters cartoon. I, uh, essentially probably in reruns because I don't think it was uh, 1979 which is when it originally aired I would have been only three years old that's pretty fleeting <laughs> right. I th- I'm pretty sure I was like you know six or seven or eight somewhere in there 
But uh, yeah, very short-lived cartoon, 13 episodes in 1979. And it was basically the Globetrotters, and they had uh, these special like magical footlockers that they would uh, jump into, and then that would turn them into the superhero that had like special powers. They were part as actually, uh, it was the Godzilla and Globetrotters Adventure Hour. <laughs> they were nice. a part of, in uh, which ran through 1980, uh, made by Hanna Barbera, and uh, some uh, familiar voices. None of the actual Globetrotters voiced their characters, which is, I've you know, pretty commonplace with things like that. Uh, except, I guess you know, you think about Mr. T or. Uh, even when we talked about Wolfman Jack, uh, mm-hmm. he did his own voice, but, um, like when they did, uh, Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, none of the wrestlers did their voices. They had somebody else do that. But the, uh, one of the main ones, Nate Branch, who was liquid man, was voiced by Scatman Crothers. And he was the guy that did the voice of jazz on transformers. If you can get that kind of pictured in your head, he was also, the voice of Hong Kong Fooey, <laughs> Gatman Crothers. Nice. Uh, let me see if there's any other ones in here of the kind of main characters that we would know. Probably not until you get to, there was a little uh, globe, it was called the Crime Globe, that would, uh, it's like a little basketball-shaped satellite that would alert the Globetrotters. That right. was voiced by Frank Welker. Oh, nice. So, uh, that's one name that we can throw out there, but, and he did a couple other voices throughout the show, supporting characters and such. But, uh, yeah, I have not watched an episode. I don't know. It might be since the, <laughs> since <laughs> I, since that memory that I have. Yeah, just a really short-lived show. No, it was released to DVD, but uh, wasn't really much uh, supporting. Wasn't any like action figures or comics or anything to um, kind of go beyond what the cartoon was on Saturday morning. So mm. anyway, yeah, they're a little Globetrotters talk. How about that? There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, move on with the show. Let's get our mask on. Get your mask on. I'm, I'm going to get this one out of the way because I'm so sick of hearing movie Rumors <laughs> that I'm just whatever now, but um, the latest rumor was that they've got Ryan Reynolds, who is uh, Deadpool, who played uh, Green Lantern in that movie. They want him as Matt Tracker, which would be a pretty mega star nowadays right. to pull off uh, as your lead character. And I would, I'm definitely not opposed to that. Uh, it doesn't really look the part, I would say, but. Yeah, I don't know. Did did you see that headline? I did, and I was kind of split because I'm I'm partly excited that at least they're. It seems like they're moving ahead with something because they're throwing out that idea. Mm-hmm. The same with the. I know you're going to get to it, but the mask inspired transformers that are coming out too. But there's that hesitancy. I think it's because I've been around you too long that. <laughs> Is it really going to come out, or are they just pulling a fast one and then nothing's going to happen? Well, um, I didn't put too much stake into that story just because it was some website that I had never heard of before. Mm. And you know, usually when 
with like stuff from the Hollywood Reporter, when that stuff comes out, you know, that I would put more stake behind that, I guess you would say, than uh, just some no-name website that quotes somebody that might have been related <laughs> to somebody who had worked on the project at, you know, one time. And <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, those kind of sites that are uh, uh, not one of the bigger names that throw rumors out there. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, I'll wait for the official announcement, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I, we've talked about before when we all got together on Bill's show on, uh, behind the mask and had that little, uh, round table talking about the movie. You can get our opinions there, but I'm pretty much to the point where I don't think it's going to happen unless I'm in a theater watching the movie. You know? right. <laughs> We've just been going down that road so, so many years Very and true. it's this and that. And I, it just seems like Hasbro likes to throw crap on a wall and see what sticks, you know? <laughs> anyway, so that was, uh, uh, a news headline I passed along. Uh, this was interesting. So mask inspired transformers, uh, supposedly inspired. They're called, um, transformers, micron micro masters pack. It's like a series of, let me see here. How many's in here? I'm trying to see if they threw an image out. I got this from uh, Toy News International, but I, I guess there's just two vehicles in the set. So they have a picture. It's a uh, light blue 57 Chevy and also an orange, I think, Dodge Challenger mm-hmm. in the set that transform. And supposedly they're a take on Hurricane and Stinger. And I can see that. I mean, obviously the 57 Chevy, it's got the flames on it. And... Uh, I don't see it in its transformed mode. I just see it in his car mode. You know, it looks pretty close. The Challenger is a little bit of a stretch. Obviously, they don't make Pontiac anymore. <laughs> and that was a GTO. Uh, but it's got the, you know, big hood scoop and the uh, hot rod engine sticking out like Stinger does in the side pipes. Spoiler in the back. So it's got some of the... Uh, Kind of. Let me see if I can do my share screen here while I'm talking about it. That way you can see too, Wyatt. So that's the image there of uh, the cars, yeah, uh, side by side. So, you know, I'm. It's cool that if they think this is a. Wow, that's a wonderful uh, image over here. <laughs> let me just stop. Uh, yeah. Stop sharing, Please. Borat. Dear God. Um. Anyway, <laughs> wow. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Borat has a sequel. It's on Amazon Prime now, so that's why we're getting that. But yeah, I mean, give me some cars. That was just strange to me, the the choices there. The one they do, like Thunderhawk or uh, something else there instead of Stinger. But, you know, if that's what they want to do, let them do it. I'm not going to be picking those up. <laughs> They're right. not close enough. I want them, you know, if you're going to label them as mask transformers or something, then maybe, but just too fleeting of a image there. But uh, one final thing and get your mask on was I wanted to mention retrofied magazine. Uh, Wyatt, I'm not sure if you had a chance to check them out yet. I think you can just go to. I had seen the headline. I haven't had a chance to actually look at it. 
Bear with me. It's retrofiedmag.com. Retro, F-I-E-D-M-A-G.com. The preview issue is for free. You can go download it now. And there is some... It's all like they have a theme for each issue, or they will uh, moving forward. And this one is all about masks. And so they did a feature on like the Ben Cooper costume, you know, from back in the day, all those plastic uh, costumes. And they also did a feature on mask and interviewed, uh, it's pretty much an oral history, uh, interviewed guys from the show like Doug Stone and Sharon Noble. I think there's small interviews in there. There's a couple guys that worked at Kenner. There's uh, the guys from IDW. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else in there. But it, basically, it's just uh, it, taking you through the history of the franchise and what's been happening in the last uh, several years and things. But the what really caught my eye was uh, some of the images of like the prototype toys. There was one for uh, Slingshot in there. There was one for this little wrist toy. It was like a watch. Mm-hmm. And you could put one of the mask figures in there, and I think like launch them out or something. Like it was a little vehicle itself or something. Uh, looked pretty cool. But uh, yeah, you could read all about it, retrofiedmag.com. And uh, what you can do is just support them on Patreon. I think it's seven bucks an issue quarterly. Mm. So not a big. Uh, commitment there and then just looking at the content and the way it's set up and that's for a digital copy uh i don't think they've gone to physical copies yet but um 50 page preview issue and uh, they're probably going to be doing uh something like that you know moving forward on the size but uh real really well written articles and you can tell the authors really put the time and effort into making it special i love the layout too there's little word searches and trivia and stuff in there as well. And just really fun overall to get a, uh, a retro vibe, you know, like when we used to read magazines, <laughs> nobody <laughs> reads magazines anymore. You know, it's all online, but this is really fun concept. And, uh, that first issue is free. So you can go check it out and hopefully support them after you read that, because it's really uh, fun content. Anything else for you that you've seen uh, lately? No, we mentioned, well, we mentioned it in the in the um, preview show. show that um, you know Kerouac is now teamed up with Bill Ferris, and they now are starting another podcast where they delve even further into Mask, mm-hmm. and as deep as we thought that Mask that Bill Ferris on his own could dig, they've been able to dig <laughs> deeper. But I invite you to check them out. Uh, I'm trying to remember what his new show is called. Should have been more prepared. Um, gosh, yeah, and I've I've watched a couple episodes. <laughs> but it, you know, it's great. Kerouac, if you aren't aware, he is the one. He's the artist who has been providing everybody that wants to to be basically be a, a mask or venom character, and mm-hmm. he's done that for Jason and I. We we mentioned that the last mask cast, and they just they just are able to talk more about mask and it's awesome and i've i've listened to a couple episodes myself i just can't remember the name of it but it's still a great great uh podcast so I'd just invite you to yeah. listen to him yeah it's all on youtube it's all on the matt tracker uh youtube channel right. and i would invite people to follow 
Kira Wack on uh, Instagram because he's doing a lot more beyond just mask now with his drawings and they're just epic stuff. I mean, wrestling, uh, some kind of obscure, uh, cartoons and such, uh, just basically doing his favorites and what he's, uh, inspired to do. And it's been, uh, been really fun to just see all of the stuff that he's been putting out because it's, uh, it's pretty amazing how quickly, he can um, get stuff together, and it just looks fantastic. I mean, poster-worthy stuff every time. So, we'll, uh, yes, we'll plug them. They're the ones that's really keeping uh, a consistent uh, mask presence up there. So, make sure you are subscribed to Matt Tracker on YouTube. And I'm trying to find, it's called Talking Overtime. That's it. They're up to uh, three episodes now. And there's a fun uh, picture of them both in their mask garb that he yep. created. So, uh, talking over time. Check those episodes out. It's yeah, it's kind of just like they jump on a podcast and let's talk about something mask. And it's not really anything really planned out or outlined. And it makes it for a nice, fun, free-flowing conversation Oh yeah, uh, when you're listening to it. So. Very good stuff, and uh, go make sure you follow Matt Tracker on YouTube. All right, well, are you ready to uh, get in the show here and go to South America? I'm ready to start the MassCast. So we enter into a raging waterfall, then we come upon a trio of people checking out the purity of the water. One gentleman looks at his clear flask and determines that the falls are not pure enough. As the camera changes, we see that the man is talking to two Aborigines, and then the gentleman explains that With the help from the Tracker Foundation, it will be cleaned up in no time. We cut back to the raging falls for a little bit. Then we, one of the Aborigines shouts that there's magic from the gods. The gentleman exclaims that Angel Falls has stopped in midair. The two aborigines fall to their knees and bow to it, while the man is awestruck, stating, wait until Matt hears about this. We cut next to Scott and T-Bob, who are fishing, just somewhere up the river, I imagine. We've been here all day, T-Bob, and not a bite! Ouch! We see an army of fire ants, with Scott exclaiming that they're biting him. It's an all-out attack. Then he yells for help. T-Bob climbs down from the fallen tree, grabbing a pail and gathering water. What are you doing, T-Bob? Hurry, help me! What'd you do that for, T-Bob? Fire ants don't start fires. Oh, well, at least something's biting today. Suddenly, we then turn to T-Bob as he exclaims that the river is drying up. Yes, and then we cut to uh, Thunderhawk and Gator at another locale, I guess, nearby with Matt and Dusty in this small uh, structure. Matt says it won't be long before everyone can have clean drinking water as he pours a glass and he's got some equipment behind him, uh, apparently some kind of filtration system. Thanks to your program for purifying the Churun River, it's going to mean good health and new jobs here in Venezuela. So we figure out where we are. 
Yep. In particular, the explorer Sam, which we find out is his name, runs up and Matt says he's looking like he just saw a ghost. That's easier to believe than what I'm going to tell you, Matt. Angel Falls stopped flowing just like this. And he kind of pours out uh, Dusty's glass of water onto his hand, kind of demonstrating. Dusty doesn't believe him, and Sam says in his 10 years as an environmentalist, he's never seen anything like it. And then just then we get Scott and T-Bob running up with Scott telling Matt that the river dried up in two seconds. And Matt deduces that the waterfall must have caused the river to dry up. And he tells Dusty he wants to look into what put the waterfall on hold. Uh, And then we get back to the falls and everything looks normal as Matt and Dusty and the duo are looking on from below. Looks normal as a back 40 on a summer day. Yeah, maybe it was only an optical illusion. But we saw it, Dad, and so did Sam. And Matt says he's going behind the scenes for a look and tells Scott and T-Bob to stay put. And we get Matt and Dusty now walking off as we hear actually the Venom theme in the background, which is interesting. Right. And uh, Scott suggesting that they find some good fishing bait while they wait. Great idea. Oh, let's look for some Spanish-speaking words. Well, these South American fish ought to go for them. We next see Matt and Dusty walking down with Matt suggesting they look behind the waterfall. Dusty doesn't see anything. However, Matt suggests they look in the cave that they've discovered. A few bright sparkles flash. Then we see Matt running his hands along the roof of the cavern. He notices that there are, they're from laser burns all over the, the rocks. Take a look, Dusty. Laser burns are all over those rocks. Yes, gravity didn't take a vacation after all. Of course not. Water was obviously evaporated by the lasers. Dusty thinks that they are smelling fishy water. Of course, Matt has to reply that the fish smells like venom. Mm-hmm. Now, Dusty rebuttals that what kind of scheme are they cooking? Matt doesn't know, but he has a friend who might know. Zuwata. <laughs> now we... Move over to what looks like pyramids, with Matt stating that he lives in the temple of the parrots. Scott is astonished by the birds as they, along with Matt and Dusty, walk up the path. Sure glad I don't have to clean their cages. Imagine the cracker bill this dude must have. <laughs> that was pretty funny, actually. I laughed yeah. at that. So then we turn to a, what looks like a scenic view of the four-person team. A shot from above with two parrots looking on, and then to the team climbing up these temple steps with one parrot looking like he wants to take a peck out of T-Bob. Zuwada states that Far too many suns have set since we last met. It's good to see your smiling face again, Zuwada. And yours, Matt. How may I serve you? I have a reason to believe there's something worth a lot of money near Angel Falls. Zuwata replies that there is a legend that states that there is a statue called the Scarlet Empress, which is hidden beneath the falls for over a thousand years, but she hasn't been found. Now we cut to the team outdoors. Right. They, uh, it's a few minutes later, they are walking away from the temple. Scott says, if the legend is true, the statue must be worth a lot. And T-Bob says, yeah, just think of all the bait she bought. I've, didn't get that joke. 
Uh, I, I know it's they were talking about bait me, but they're trying to make a loose connection. But yeah. Yeah. And I guess so maybe flat, like being, being under the waterfall or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dusty asked Matt, Do you think this Scarlet Empress really exists? If Venom's here, she's got to be more than a legend. I'm just afraid they might already have her. We've got to summon the team. So now here's where we get the call up, the short call up. Very short. Matt uses the uh, Thunderhawk computer as they get near Thunderhawk and requests the team. Computer selects Calhoun Burns for his construction and demolition experience, and his amphibious vehicle Raven might be helpful. He is uh, riding a horse, gets the signal on his watch, the wrong signal, as you like to say. He kind of turns the horse around, and that's it. We cut to uh, Dusty being pre-selected, and Matt calls for the assemble and says they'll meet Calhoun back at the camp. So just one agent this time. Right, there was the, no command like, you know, mass computer, no satellite link, which I, I know that one's hit or miss, but usually he yeah. says, you know, mass computer, let, you know, select the best team. It was not even that. No scan files, no nothing. It was just select the best team. Yeah, yeah. It was basically okay. just a request. Just a few. Yeah, uh, lines and it there. was the 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 call up scene with him riding the horse. I was expecting him to like jump a fence or do something, but it was just real simple. There's usually something funny there. They try to right. Even the boy make that some was, humor. The boy there was a boy there, and he was looking on at the guy. You know, at Calhoun. Yeah. Not not even like. What happened? What I miss? Yeah, not, not nothing. Why did he turn around? Or uh, yeah, it was just weird. Anyway, so uh, Scott tells everyone to look up, and the waterfall is beginning to evaporate again. Venom, Dusty, I'll drop you off at the camp so you can get Gator. Let's roll. And he just takes off in a Thunderhawk, leaving Scott and T-Bob behind. Yeah. I was like, should they be taking them to the camp too for safety? That or, uh, no instru- you know, they didn't even instruct him. Like, yeah, no, stay like, there. You're, uh, you're on your own buddy, <laughs> which Pretty he doesn't much. care, but still good grief. Anyway, of course, Scott wants to take a closer look and T-Bob says he knows what he's going to ask, but the answer is no. He's not converting to motor scooter mode and driving him to the falls. Never. Never. And Scott gives him a stern look as we cut to him riding T-Bob towards the falls. So T-Bob then replies, at least never around you. Yeah. Then Thunderhawk flies through a flock of birds and seems to examine the fall. Then Matt instructs. Okay, Dusty, let's get behind this natural phenomenon. Roger, man. One high drive coming up. He launches the gator boat into the river. Inside now, we see the silhouette of Switchblade blasting lasers through the mist. Dusty responds that Matt's right. Mayhem's putting on a laser show to evaporate the watering hole. Matt states that let's see if we can get front row seats. <laughs> Mayhem is now wearing his python mask. You're out of time. Get moving. Next, we see the Piranha Sub towing out a very large Scarlet Empress statue. Dusty is surprised and gets tossed away of the gator boat by the by the wake crashing into the mm-hmm. embankment. Dusty states that the engine took a bath and it won't start. 
from the air, we see that the gator boat seems to have be driven closer to the falls with Matt exclaiming to get away from the falls. Well, duh. <laughs> he's trying. He just uh, told you he's got a busted motor, Matt. Yeah. Well, then we see Switchblade shooting the lasers as Mayhem ascends and flies out. Switchblade passes over top of Thunderhawk, and right here could have been a great battle scene. It could have been a missile launch, but no. It's just yeah. the graphics, and that's it. So anyway, however, Matt is still trying to contact Dusty. Dusty is still trying to navigate. Perhaps maybe he's trying to start the engine. We don't really hear sound effects at that moment as we see the rush of the water fall towards Dusty. And now we get our dramatic commercial break. What are you thinking so far? What's your opinion now? Well, just going back to the end scene there, there was some uh, pretty cool shots like mm-hmm. of Thunderhawk hovering above Gator as we see Gator is getting close to the waterfall. But I don't know. I, I just didn't sit well with me because he was over near the bank and the Gator boat is stalled and it was pushed to the bank because of the wake of Piranha passing by with that huge statue. Right. So how is he getting pushed towards the waterfall when there's less water initially coming down from it? Um, And it was kind of weird to me, too, that all of the water that was essentially bearing down on him was only about like a third of the falls shown that was held up by these lasers or evaporated by the lasers. So, I, I don't know. I just didn't buy into it. I did like that. I think this is the first time I noticed, like, a freeze frame right before the break. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. as Dusty's fumbling, he's they do show him fumbling with the key to start it. He doesn't get any dialogue there. It's more just, like, frustrated moaning. <laughs> you know, start, you sucker. Yeah. But uh, it was just, uh, I, I don't know. It was weird that... Uh, as the water's coming down, then it's a freeze frame and then we like fade to black. And I had never seen a, them do a freeze frame like that before. So that was kind of cool, but it was decent drama there to break, but you know, why wouldn't Dusty just hop onto the land when he was near the bank and just abandoned the boat? You know, that's what came to my mind. And I, like I said, the, the water flow wasn't even half blocked there. So, you know, it would have been nice if, like, the whole waterfall was blocked like it was before and everything's starting to dry up. Why don't you do that? And then the full rush of the falls is heading towards Dusty. That would have been a lot better. But right. I, I, the effect of the water evaporating didn't work for me either. No. It was like uh, flashes of a rainbow or something, you know, I which is kind of cool when you think about a waterfall, you know, you usually get like a rainbow if it's a sunny day or something, but I don't know the lasers up against the water that just didn't, didn't connect um, right. from what they drew. Um, the story was okay. I mean, it definitely set up a reason for Matt to be there, you know, with the water filtration thing. Uh, and I think Scott and T-Bob would use well to build up the, drama of the story while they're fishing and you know that whole thing happens to them so they weren't there necessarily yet in a bad way but i was like what is venom gonna do with this big statue 
And how is that little sub able to pull it so fast? Right, right. And create that big of a wake. I, I that seemed uh, a little ridiculous to me. And I don't know. I it seemed to drag a little bit to me as well. Like what was all revealed could have been done in like half the time. It could have been done in like half of that first half of the episode. Right. Um, just not enough action and they could have, I mean, there was the, the shots were great. I thought the animation for the setup shots of the waterfalls and up overhead and the receding of the river, I thought was a lot better than what they've done before with some of those kind of effects. But we get that same shot again of the waterfall later in the episode and, it seemed like a lot of recycled or just lead up shots in that first half to get to the story moving along whether, and they weren't, weren't really um, pushing a lot of action and short scenes, you know, right. anyway, I'm just really not feeling this one. So I'm right in the middle at really? a three. Yeah. Okay. It's not bad, but I, I just wasn't engaged with it. So I, I dropped it down a couple points just to put my, Masco meter right in the middle. <laughs> well, for me, I I really love the animation. They they did very well with the, all the animation. The only one I didn't like was the shot where they're exiting the temple. They're mm-hmm. supposed to, to be doing that distant shot as they're walking down, and all I see is what, what looks like stick figures walking down. Yeah. And yeah. I granted I know what it is, but still was terrible in my mind. Um. There's a little bit too much fluff is what I called it with the multiple angles as Matt, Dusty, and the duo are walking into the temple. You got the bird scene, right? And what was that about? Yeah, it's just a lot of, it seemed like a lot of filler. Like they didn't have a long enough story or something. They right. had to Right, buff, and then that anthill, just, I realize we'll see the connection later, but the anthill, for them taking that one second to look at it on the camera just didn't mix well, except that we know that Scott got bit by fire ants. But why did you take a picture of that fire hill or the anthill that mm-hmm. it didn't connect? But the plot was pretty decent. There were some stretches like piranha boat, you know, or sub pulling that freaking massive of a statue. <laughs> One, how's it even floating? Yeah. Um, so a little barge, whatever. Right. When I saw that, so I'm thinking, oh, I can sort of buy that it's pulling it. I don't think I could buy that it makes that wake. I'm trying to realize that it's a cartoon too, so I'll take it for what it is. I did see the 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 gator boat slamming into the embankment, and yes, I would have just bailed out and been done with it. But you got to have drama, so I kind of yeah. saw that. Okay, I see that. It, okay, the engine stalled. Okay, what are you gonna do, Dusty? And you know, <laughs> but what I didn't like, what I didn't, you know, this this. Lost treasure has been a loss for a thousand years. How does Venom just magically find it? Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of just a matter of stopping the waterfall so they can get behind it and find it. I mean, it, they're able. Matt and Dusty are able to get right behind the waterfall there, so there had to have been some way down to it. And it's just right. if it's just sitting there, I don't know. That should have been explained a little bit more. I agree. I agree. Yep. The duo were okay. They weren't. They weren't being annoying, but they were working their way to be annoying. Hmm. Obviously, we already identified that the alarm was crap. It wasn't the right sound. They missed a call-up, at least a decent call-up. Not even, you know, I get the satellite link, which is always nice to have. That's what they could have done. 
instead of f- putting the fluff in there, they could have put the real command in there and made up the difference. They could have had a decent battle scene. And they didn't take advantage of it. I mean, they could have had a good all-out brawl with, you know, Switchblade flying over top. But Yeah, I thought about that, too. I mean, it could have been enough just for Mayhem or for to get Matt distracted in Thunderhawk to not be able to help Dusty as he's being sucked towards the falls or something. That would have been enough right. to... Uh, help build that drama a little bit more than them just kind of passing and mayhem assuming, Oh, well he's going to go after dusty cause he's down here helpless. Right. And then the last thing you already identified it, which was the, the waterfall that was disappearing. I actually did not notice it. And I rewound it a couple of times. I didn't really see what they were trying to emphasize even with the rainbows. When in the first scene, when they're noticing that the waterfall is gone, mm-hmm. when they're later, I finally made the connection, but I'm like, they did not do this well that the waterfall shut down. Cause I still, what looks like there's still a waterfall there. <laughs> yeah. So it, like I said, and I'm 44 and I'm trying to figure this out. And it was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, I did not see that it was disappeared. Yeah, uh, well, and it would have been totally bone dry or something, you know, to make the river dry up as fast as it did. Exactly. Uh, so why, I don't understand why then that didn't happen at the second time and why it was just a partial piece of the waterfall, you know? Right. So all in all, I landed like you, I'm, I'm right in the middle. I, I was trying to be optimistic and it didn't work out that well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of right, right in the middle. It's not bad, not good at this right. point, but all right. So back into the show after the break, we get, uh, Dusty basically just staring back at the waterfall again. I'm like, fire backlash or something. Do exactly. you know? I don't know what exactly backlash does. I thought it was maybe the audio waves or something. But if it had any kind of force to it, like we've seen it knock over people and vehicles and stuff, you know, fire it against a rock or something and try to push yourself back from the falls or exactly. I mean, he's not helpless. Just start firing. Uh, shoot that huge water gun that you've got on that thing that shoots yeah. streams of water ricochet off something. Anyway. Yeah. The trick here is cool though. I did like this. So Matt opens the Bombay door on Thunderhawk. And from underneath, we see this big suction cup on a wire. Essentially mm-hmm. it sticks to the back of Gator and Matt flies yeah. back away from the waterfall and toes dusty to safety beyond the rush of this big wave after the (laughs) waterfall opened up again. I mean, it was a fun trick, but I just wish that wave was set up a lot better and that would have been a bigger payoff. That was close. The biggest raindrops I ever had falling on my head. Well, looks like we've lost Venom and the Scarlet Empress. But we get back to uh, Scott and T-Bob, who are now just pulling up to the falls. And Scott is angry they missed all the action, of course. And the falls are uh, essentially back to normal now. T-Bob wants to get back to the temple before they get into any trouble. Well, that just never happens, does it? (laughs) They never get back to avoid the trouble. Uh, So anyway, they turn around now and they see two trails. And Scott asks T-Bob, which one did they take? Well... T-Bob starts playing eeny, meeny, money mo, right. and Scott says they will never get to the temple that way. So T-Bob asks if there's any better way, 
as this uh, aardvark comes up and greets him. It's only an anteater, T-Bob. I sure could have used him earlier. Boy, oh, with a nose like that, I sure wouldn't want to be around him if he sneezed. He uses it to look for food. Hey, let's follow him. Maybe he'll lead us back to the anthills where we were fishing. And we can find the way back to the temple of the parrots from there. I thought that was a pretty decent idea. Yep. You're not sure where you're going to go and know a point where you could uh, have, have been before and could actually get to back to the temple. That would have been good, but we see that doesn't necessarily work out that way. But now we finally are taking down the river to Venom's camp. Right, and it's a kind of a serene view with the of the river that, that pans left and then it zooms in on mayhem mm. barking at Nash to hurry it up. He knows grandmothers that work faster than him. That's exactly what I said. Mayhem barking orders. Yep. <laughs> Nash replies, anything you say. Make sure you cover the frame with a lot of bushes. I don't want anybody seeing the Empress when we float her down river or I'll make a river rat out of you. Now speed it up. Rat should be here any minute with the Red Lady of Fortune. Nash comments that the frames are heavy. Then Mayhem suggests he use his mask. Well, that's a clever idea. You know, he got the mask to do it. Why don't you use it? Mr. Quickwit. Yeah. Yeah. So Nash comments that, why did he think of that before? Okay. So Mayhem replies, because you don't have all the eggs in your frying pan. <laughs> so Nash walks over to Outlaw, opens the door and grabs his Samson mask, closes the door. It's I kind of it was funny. Powerhouse. That's what I thought it was powerhouse, but I wrote, I thought he said Samson. It was Samson. I think they interchange them. Like they didn't know from episode to episode or remember what they called the thing. So one time, and I like the Samson name. I don't think that's bad by any means, but uh, when you're used to him saying powerhouse, it's weird. You're like, who's Samson? Right. (laughs) Just like hurricane. And what was the name before that? Night stalker. Night stalker. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was my little tidbit about this. You get a little added stuff here. This is the fluff where he goes over to Outlaw. He opens the door, grabs the mask, closes the door. Okay, we know that's where he's going to go. But anyway, so he puts on the mask and, you know, says Samson on. Then he's able to pick up the frame right over his head. Now we cut back to Mask, who's along the riverbank. Then we see the mask transport plane launch Raven. And it transforms, which is an awesome transformation. Yes. Like a sub-boat mode. Mm-hmm. First diving into the water, then it resurfaces as the transport plane flies off to the distance. They then all take off following the river as Matt exclaims that... Since there's no roads in this area, then I'm sure to float the Empress down river. How about my interrupt? That statue must weigh tons. Just keep scanning with Spectrum. That big red gumdrop shouldn't be hard to find. Roger, Dusty. I got a feeling it won't be much longer. Okay, let me stop you for a second, because I that makes sense now. I couldn't understand what Calhoun said there. Yeah. So he's he's suggesting that uh, them to fly the Why does he just fly statue? it out? Because yeah. it does have switchblade, yes. And that's what kind of came to mind later, that I kind of marked the episode down for i'm like just use switchblade to fly the thing out of there yeah, but i'm glad that they addressed that at some point i just right. didn't catch he, what did. he said right there okay and i kind of like when thunderhawk took off it was like an instantaneous pff, he's up in the air and mm-hmm. i know we've seen that before when he had that big huge crate 
he yes. was on. He just there's no running start, you know. Yeah, just hit the gen engines and hold on. I was hoping for a Dukes <laughs> of Hazard scene myself, but you know, it didn't happen. Anyway, so we're back to our duo who are following our anteater. Right, and T Bob thinks they might be more lost now than they were before. Scott even says uh, Lewis and Clark would have trouble finding their way out of this. Yeah, even Lewis and Clark would have had trouble finding their way out of this. Shh, someone's behind those bushes. And they look and see Venom nearby with the statue. Mayhem says they need to hurry before the masked fools come snooping around. Uh, he also complains to Rax now. You took long enough getting here, Rax. I was conserving fuel. Venom! Yeah, and they've got the Scarlet Empress. You're three quarts low in the brain, you know that? You'll be able to buy an oil field when we sell the Ruby Lady. Gory says uh, selling the statue to a jewel mogul was a good idea. Of course. And Scott and T-Bob kind of overhear everything now, and Scott says they have to do something to stop them, of course. T-Bob says, sorry. He didn't bring his Superman outfit with him. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, Scott looks back at the aardvark and says they may not need Superman, that some little old ants may do the trick. And he tells T-Bob just to go over and knock the tops off the nearby mounds. And T-Bob says, but they bite like a pack of wolves. And Scott says, they won't bite him because he's made of metal. Duh. Right. And tells them to go on. So he, uh, T-Bob walks over and knocks over the first one, and the ants start crawling up him, and the aardvark starts to lick T-Bob, and Scott gets a chuckle uh, about that from a nearby treetop. And we head back to Venom now, and Mayhem is still complaining to Gory that the tart better fit like a glove over the statue. It will, Mayhem. You know I always do a good job for you. This is a funny joke. Mm -hmm. And this there's a couple jokes in here that would have went over kids' heads even back in the 80s. But Mayhem tells him to knock it off that the jitterbug went out in the 20s. <laughs> yep. Rex cries for help because he has ants in his pants. Gory gets a chuckle out of this and says he'd do any antics to get attention. That was a roll my eyes joke. Yep. And here come the puns. They crawl up Gory now, and he starts getting bit. Mayhem tells them that they have the jewel of the century, and all they want to do is join an army of ants. And they start crawling on him now and start biting. And now all three of them are bouncing around and yelling, ouch. And Scott and T-Bob are getting a good laugh from the bushes nearby. And Scott says they seem to be acting antisocial. Uh -huh. Oh, my eyes. <laughs> And now we see Mayhem uh, notices Thunderhawk from above. And we cut to uh, onboard Thunderhawk. Matt says he's got a match on the statue that uh, I think it was Dusty told him to use Spectrum to scan for. Right. Which he never actually does. Roundup's over, Dusty. About a quarter mile ahead, we should find the Empress. And Venom, too. Well, Venom now enters their vehicles. Scott tells T-Bob to give him a high five for stalling Venom long enough for Mask to arrive. Well, when T-Bob slaps Scott's hand, he yells, Ow! and asks him why he has to be so heavy-handed. 
<sighs> yeah. Um, exactly. Switchblade takes off, converts to jet mode, and as Mayhem approaches Thunderhawk, he says he's been stung already, and now it's their turn. And now we're going to get some battle here. Fires two missiles at Thunderhawk, which does uh, like a barrel roll to dodge. It was a cool trick, but the animation was just a little off with it or something. Yeah. Kind of choppy. I mean, it worked. He knew what he was doing, but it could have been a little bit better there. Uh, Matt says when he played basketball in school, he was pretty good for a rebound. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And a little insight into Matt's history there. He was a basketball player. Fires uh, his door. This is what uh, encouraged me to go out and find the uh, Globetrotters cartoon. (laughs) Ah. Anyway, uh, the uh, Thunderhawks door lasers fire back at Switchblade, which, okay, so again, they appeared to miss to me, or at least didn't show any uh, damage or anything. But uh, I guess it was enough to scare off Switchblade for a little bit into the distance there. And Matt says, one down. I was like, well, he didn't go down. Uh, In the river below, now we get Gator getting zapped from uh, laser fire from the Piranha Sub underwater, which kind of zaps Dusty's controls. And uh, (laughs) again, uh, how's he running the Gator boat? We didn't see how they fixed it. Um, anyway, apparently the controls were not zapped enough that he was able to launch the depth charge from the back of the boat and it floats down. It kind of blows up underwater. It looks like it almost blew up the gator boat from the angle, but you see this spray, huge water spray behind the gator boat now above water. And we see, uh, the piranha sub flying in the air. It hits the ground and racks kind of tumbles out. And, of course, the ants begin to bite him again. And then he just runs back into the jungle. And now we're actually over to Outlaw, who's just kind of sitting there by the statue. That's right. And right as as we see Outlaw, we next see Raven atop the water floating towards them. Nash quickly runs out of Outlaw. Here's a pitch you don't see in the majors. Samson, on! Gulliver, on! He commands Samson on and throws a large boulder at Raven. Calhoun states, Gulliver on. Then we see the boulder land on Raven, ejecting Calhoun out of Raven. But the Gulliver blast, although late, seems to still be launched and hits the Empress, shrinking her. Nash now says, oh no, and climbs into Outlaw. With the duo noticing that the Empress has been shrunk, T-Bob quips that she'll have to live in a dollhouse. The gator boat arrives with lasers blasting surrounding him, but doesn't actually hit him. So terrible shooters, whoever it is. I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out who it was that shooting. It was at him. it was outlaw shooting. Was it back outlaw? At him. Yeah, since he was back inside. Oh, that's right. Dusty presses a button that shoots lasers, except they seem to launch waves of water at Nash, engulfing him and making him fall out of outlaw, which is a terrible scene to me. <laughs> well, we've seen that it's, it's like he, uh, that water cannon is able to gather water from the river or whatever body he's, you know, floating on right. and have this like extreme blast. That's able to, you know, even break the windshield there. Right. And that's exactly what it does. But 
I don't know. I didn't spot this the broken windshield. I didn't spot it very well with the, the with the wave scene. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Nash climbs out, runs off as the duo run up to the raft. A parrot now has the Empress in its beak. Don't move, T Bob. You can't scare away the parrot while he's got the Empress. Don't worry. I'll be still as a statue. We cut to another, like an overlooked scene with Thunderhawk flying overhead, which seems to trigger that the parrot to fly away. We get the military theme pumping up with Miles and Switchblade flying. The statue, it's gone. Mask, next time I'll send you up the river. And then we cut back to Mask as Matt and Dusty are shaking Raven to try to awake Calhoun. It didn't make sense. I thought he... I thought he was in, um, hanging out of it, like almost falling into the river. Well, the that. doors, you know how the doors open up like this right. on Raven. And that's what I was, well, when he shot it too, he was still inside when he shot the Gulliver mask. And I was like, right. he's going to shoot that right into the windshield. But when the boulder hit, he kind of gets pushed out and he kind of slumps over onto the door is what I got. And so now he was just kind of knocked out or whatever, and they're trying to wake him up by shaking the well, freaking boat. I got that, boat. but I got the disconnect. Like he was in the middle of the river, kind of like the dusty scene, except in reverse. Now, now he's, he's over at the bank. He's in yeah. the middle of the river, and now he's on the bankment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so so they're shaking Raven to wake him up. He finally comes to asking what happened with Matt, saying that. Let's just say you struck out today. A parrot flew away with the Empress in his beak. Uh, how are we ever going to find the Empress now? We may not be able to, Scott. Looks like she's lost again. Calhoun advises that the shriek ray will wear off. There's no telling where the parrot will be when it happens. <laughs> Matt adds that the Scarlet Empress, Empress might be meant to remain a legend. Well, now next we see the Anteater return to lick T-Bob with him stating that it must be thanking him for finding his lunch. Scott quips that he ate it so fast that he might be looking for an antacid. We hear the big laugh and we fade to black. <laughs> I did want to point out the joke or the, the line about uh, when Calhoun says what happened and Matt tells him that he struck out today. I thought it was a great callback because... And Matt wouldn't have known because he was up flying, wasn't near the scene. But when Gory says, here's a pitch right. that you won't see in the majors and that he struck out. I mean, using the baseball terms there, I, th- I thought that was good. Yeah. But that was all that was good about that final scene. And we'll get into <laughs> it. But uh, let's get into our PSA here. Scott and T-Bob, and this didn't tie in. At least I couldn't figure out a way that it tied into the episode. Um Scott and T-Bob are walking in town and see a rundown house. Oh, wow! I bet ghosts live in there. There's no such thing as ghosts, T-Bob. It's just an old vacant house. Well, they see something moving around inside, kind of a shadowy thing first, and they get scared, and then we see a rat hop out of the window. And T-Bob says he thought there was no such thing, with Scott saying... There isn't, except for the four-legged furry kind. 
and they laugh and we fade out. I'm, uh, how is that a safety tip? Uh, I did not see anything about a safety tip in there. We'll get to it, but there's so much more you could have done there as well. Yep. But uh, we are going to let you go first, sir, and you can tell us where you landed with your rating on this episode. Well, the PSA sucked. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> the animation was decent. I'll give them that. The animation was pretty good. The story was, I'll call it good, working on okay. But then we get the part where Mayhem could have blasted Matt, like I said, you know, out of the sky. They never used it. The narrowly escaping the waterfall scene was, I'll call it okay. I mean, I tried to give it the suspense that it was they were trying to go for. Mm-hmm. But again, that w- could have been, like we've identified, it could have been more dramatic. It could have been the combination of the battle with Matt trying to rescue while trying to save his own skin. You know, there could have been something done there. The ants were a clever trick for the duo, but the battle scene towards the end began to be like lackluster. It wasn't, they could have done so much more with the battles. And I know we keep, that seems almost like a rerun of our own anymore. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy we got a battle, put it yeah. that way, <laughs> with this episode. The laser sighting was actually a great animation to see Thunderhawk sighting in the lasers and all that. But like we identified, it looked like he missed Switchblade altogether. But he said that we got him. I don't see how, but okay, Matt, you're the winner here, I guess. And that's what I took it as. But again, it was just there was no connect for that. I already identified that Calhoun hanging out of the door on Raven, but then, you know, that was in the middle of the river. Now they're on the embankment and shaking him out. I mean, why don't they just run up to the guy and shake him? Why didn't they do that instead of just shaking the entire car? You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Have Dusty on the boat go up beside him and like shake him or something. Since... Heck, do the sonic boom. That'll wake him up. <laughs> but yeah, they, well, whatever. Then the shrinking ray for the, from the Gulliver. That was actually cool, but. To me, it seemed like there was a delay for it to enact. I I, I, I marked it down as it, it seemed like a little delay for me. We already identified the wave of the water on Nash. You know, it was, it, it was difficult for me to see that they actually broke the windshield. But I love the running gag that, you know, they they tend to flip racks off the bike or now the piranha sub. <laughs> so I yeah. love that. The Like I said, the animation, the plot was good, but the rest was, uh, I'll call it subpar to me. So I locked in on a two. How about you? I'm there with you. <laughs> I was ready. Well, we'll get into it. But um, yeah, I had I didn't have any trouble with uh, some of the ones that you had there as far as the windshield breaking. And I, I kind of followed along except for the waterfall. That was what really kind of threw me out in that whole situation. But the jokes were kind of up and down. I thought there was some decent humor in there. And it was... The writers actually attempting humor. There was some some of the jokes, like I said, they even went over probably '80s kids' heads with the the jitterbug in the '20s and things like that. Uh, I thought that was good writing, but just towards the end of the episode, it was pun after pun after pun. The stuff that just makes us makes me roll my eyes. So that kind of was ended on a downer. Uh, I did enjoy the Raven conversion. And also Switchblade at some points. Uh, I, I couldn't remember if that was 
new inter- animation if we had seen that before, but it definitely was not often used. So it was nice to see the conversion. And I like that little trick out of the, the transport plane. Usually it's crazy, you know, when uh, Bruce does that, <laughs> he did that trick out of the plane and with the uh, firefly and nearly got himself killed. But uh, for thinking like, okay, so we just called one agent, right? Who is flying the transport plane? Exactly. Well, maybe it's on automatic pilot or something. And he just, you know, takes off in Raven for the plane to fly back. And, you know, maybe it's some kind of sentient plane or something. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. But uh, I, I, I thought it was cool that, okay, so it's not him flying the plane and having to land it, then having to pull Raven out. Then we wonder how the transport plane gets back or if it just sits around until the mission's over which would have been fine too, but, uh, you know, how are they going to get back now without the, you know, transport plane there? Anyway, uh, I didn't try to get too lost in that, but I did like that trick. Uh, I like you mentioned that the retreat from switchblade initially there just made no sense. Matt's laser should have taken out a wing or something to make him back off a little bit to flee a little (laughs) bit. Yeah. I mean, anything at that point, um, just to to tell him, oh, that's one down. Well, no, it's not. You know, come on. Uh, you know, we talked about they didn't fix Dusty's boat. And, um, you know, it was incapacitated. So how did it get fixed and, you know, back on the scene? But um, whatever. We got a little bit of mask use. These are the things that kind of kept me from pushing it way down was we did at least get a battle scene. We got uh, Samson twice and Gulliver once, but there were still missed opportunities for more mask use with uh, Spectrum scanning for the statue. You know, They even showed it uh, on the Thunderhawk computer when he finally found the thing. It was on the computer. It wasn't anything that he was scanning through Spectrum. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we were determined that those two are linked, the computer and Spectrum, but we're always kind of looking through Spectrum to, when he's scanning stuff. You know what I mean? Right. And then, uh, yeah, just with Dusty could have used backlash to try to get himself out of the situation or something. So there were some missed opportunities there. We didn't get anything from, like I said, Matt or Mayhem or whatever with their masks. Um, I was ready to keep it at a three. I was ready to drop it down another half to two and a half and push it to three until the PSA came along. I was... The worst one that we've seen, in my opinion. Just there's no it's there's no safety tip there. It's like, oh, ghosts don't exist. Okay. That's not what PSAs do. They should have been like, hey, let's go in this vacant house and uh you know, hide or something. Well, no, you can't do that, uh, Scott, because it could you don't know the how the structure is. It could be old and fall on your head. Or hey, let's pick up these rocks and start busting out windows or something, you know. There's could have been lots of things that you could have did with that vacant house to make it an actual like safety tip or a, you know, something worthwhile for putting it in there. Uh, it just was stupid, man. So stupid. Uh, and the the ending killed me too. I mean, they had a, a really good setup there. Not just oh the statue is gone. And I loved you know we look at the uh, the plots on. Wikipedia, whoever writes those plots. And half the time, they're just, I don't know, way off or 
not really centered around what the episode is. And the plot for what we used on the last episode was Calhoun Burns shrinks the uh, Scarlet Empress and it's up to Mass to get it back or something. I was like, that was the worst plot point ever because yep. it was only at the very end of the episode. It made it sound like, oh, okay, so this happens at the beginning. Uh, I was ready for Mayhem to steal the thing. Calhoun shrinks it, and now they're spending the, the whole episode trying to track down the bird before Venom does. That might have been a better episode than the one we got, but that definitely had nothing to do with the plot because at the end, Matt's like, oh, well, it'll turn up somewhere. You know, the shrink ray... <laughs> Wears off. It was so easy. Okay, so the temple was the temple of the parrots. You know where the freaking parrots are going. They're going to the temple. Okay, so they the, the thing takes it back to the temple. It reemerges from its That's shrinkage. <laughs> well, I, it was a big enough temple, I think, that they could have pulled that off, like where the, the dude was sitting on his little throne there. You know, it comes back there, boom, it's back up, and it's in the temple. I mean, how perfect would that have been versus, oh, well, it'll turn up. (laughs) It was so stupid. Uh, I I just, uh, I did not get that ending at all. It was just so abrupt, like, all right, we're out of here. Oh, sorry, we didn't have a chance to... uh, you know, all that setup, like you said, all that setup could have been just wiped out. They could have tightened it up a little bit, and you could have done a real ending. Oh, yeah. It's just, uh, wow. So I was like, I, I can't put it down. <laughs> I can't put down a level with, like, stone trees and panda power because there were still some good things in here. We got some maskies. We had a battle. We had some awesome conversion scenes. And... There's stuff in here that's that's worthy of watching. So uh, I couldn't take it any farther down. But uh, it's nice to see that you're on my level for once going through this. But yep. the only tick I had was what you kind of cleared up there about uh, why didn't Mayhem airlift the statue out of there. And they kind of told us, you know, it was too heavy, weighed tons or whatever to get uh, to, to be... Uh, air vacked out of there, whatever. But uh, anything from the script you pulled in? I didn't I see want. anything. Yeah. So uh, the poll, uh, we talked about this, I think, before we went on air, is uh, our polar, uh, who is it, opinion stage, I think. They have a limit now on how many people, not how many people can vote, but how many people can actually just view our poll with their free account. So it kind of limits how many people can vote in the poll as they come by. But we did get seven votes that I counted before it got shut down or closed out. Uh, Three people voted four. We had two threes, one, two, and one, one. You can add a two to mine because I couldn't add it. Yeah. (laughs) So there was two twos there. Still had uh, more threes and fours. Uh, so it was probably just above the middle there on average. And I didn't pull up the uh, comments. Are you at the comments? I am. We have four, one of which is Anna. Mm-hmm. The most interesting part about this episode is seeing the vulnerability of Mask. They get knocked out by Venom on at least two occasions. 
in addition to being more or less responsible for that, the statue gets shrunk and then vanishes. It was even Thunderhawk that scared the bird, so it flew away with the statue. It's interesting to see that the heroes aren't always portrayed as perfect, but that they also can have flaws or even just be unfortunate. And it made a nice change here. Very true, Anna. <laughs> they aren't yeah. perfect. Matt tries to be, but even he even gets a few wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we've said that before. We even with the vehicles, we like to see the vulnerability of the vehicles that mask isn't all perfect, all uh you know, can't be touched by venom. Right. So uh taking it a step beyond that and uh kind of being out smarted almost when they just waltz right out of the waterfall with the statue uh it does make it more believable you know with the episode uh and next up we have uh renee declare he says this episode seems to me to have been written on autopilot i agree with that matt and dusty stumble onto the plot and calhoun really blew it during the final fight he was even defeated by the goon Gory. Once again, Venom scores another legendary find, but Mask makes sure they don't get to keep it. Tracker Foundation is mentioned for the second time. Gator makes its final appearance, and so does Dusty's pink shirt. <laughs> that kid watching Calhoun ride his horse during the agent selection was just Scott's animation model with different colors. I didn't notice that. That's a good I didn't eye. Notice either. Uh, he continues, uh, the dialogue has way too many unrelated references to things like rain jobs keep falling on my head, the Lewis and Clark expedition and the jitterbug. Mm -hmm. The PSA was not really much of a lesson and the animation wasn't the best either. Calhoun loses one of his arms during his last scene. I, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I Uh, missed that too. I give this one a two, my lowest rating yet. So maybe my two didn't even go through on this. Maybe we should uh, add two twos on that. Well, I, I think you I'd... might not want to add a third one because uh, I'm reading here from Decker. I marked this episode at a two. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. maybe somebody changed from the two to a one or something, but maybe. go ahead with Decker's comment. It felt like it had a decent premise, but poor execution. I am not sure Venom's plan ever made sense, but I did enjoy Mayhem piloting Switchblade in his outlaw costume. The fight was below average, and the bird animation around the temple was pretty bad. A below average episode all around. Then we have our final comment from Choppin' Simon. Yeah, and just what uh, Decker says here, I don't know. I don't like the outlaw costume in Switchblade. It just throws throws it off for me. It does throw it off because it should be, you know, like we see Matt when he's riding Rhino. He has the Ultra Flash on. You would think the same with Miles, but you don't even get it to see what it even does. Yeah. He never uses it. Yeah, I don't think we he's ever used it during this whole time. And I understand if you've got Outlaw on scene, and typically, because this has happened before, where he's got his Outlaw get up on and he's flying Switchblade, uh, he, he never rides in the thing. So you don't get that correlation either. You might as well just put him in his regular get up. If he's going to be flying Switchblade well, the entire episode. I think he did ride an outlaw here, what, the last, maybe two episodes ago? That's right. Yeah, they, like, picked him up and dropped him off somewhere. It was That's like exactly all it was. But yeah. yeah, at the end of the scene, end of the uh, episode. But 
Anyway, yes. Okay, so uh, Mr. Simon here. I gave this episode three points. It was not a bad episode, but the animation was average, and the discovery of the Scarlet Empress was not shown. Yeah, how did they... Where was it, and how did they get it out? Right. The statue in Piranha suddenly popped out of the waterfall. The fight scene was okay, but not one of the best. I liked the resolution of the story, which was unexpected. Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) There was no resolution to me. It'll turn up somewhere. So turn on your spectrum mask there, Matt, and uh, just uh, scan, and we'll find it at some point here. You know. Anyway, so appreciate the comments as always, guys. Thanks so much for uh, adding to these podcasts. And uh, next up will be the final episode in our season six of MassCast, episode 60, which is called The Venice Menace. And I'll just preface this. This is the uh, plot right from Wikipedia. I actually changed it uh, when we started the show here just because I was like, it's not about the thing shrinking. That's just a little piece of the story here. Anyway, Venice Menace is uh, Venom has a device that turns the waters around Venice to jelly, allowing Stinger to drive on the surface and dig up Cleopatra's sunken barge. So we're going after uh, another big artifact here, an actual ship this time. (laughs) Uh, You know, if it's turned to jelly, why? I guess maybe because Stinger has the tank tracks? I don't know. Uh, We'll find out. (laughs) Yeah. But like I said, that's going to be the last one for our season six. And then in uh, MassCast 77, we will do our 10-episode review of 51 to 60 and kind of compare those 10 episodes to the overall series so far. I still got those stats archived, and uh, that's always a fun episode to um, go back and just see how this section of the animated series did. So that'll be coming up, but uh, I think that's going to do it for episode 75. Yeah, I want to thank you all, MassCast agents, for joining us. Please continue to follow us at agentsofmass.com. We're one of our social media sites, usually as AOM. Until next time, join us again on the next episode of MassCast. Yes. I ought to... Ooh! Ouch!